Thanks for tuning in today. I'm Dr. Nick, the incrementalist. Join me as I seek out the small incremental changes being applied in other industries that we can learn from and that can be applied in healthcare. Can these changes bring immediate value, but also add up to the big improvements and revolution we need in healthcare? Come along with me to explore the possibilities. My innovative guests from around the globe have used small incremental improvements to achieve their moonshot. And today, as I am each and every month, I'm delighted to welcome Dr. Craig Joseph. He's the Chief Medical Officer at Nordic Consulting Partners. Craig, thanks for joining me. Always a pleasure, Dr. Nick. So this is our news you can use for April. And my goodness, we've certainly got some news this uh, uh, month with a large piece of consolidation. Kaiser is buying... Geisinger. I hopefully I got that both those words right, but I'm not sure I'm going to get the next one right. And they're becoming risant. Is is that right? Risant, risant. Um, <laughs> Rise, ri, ris, risant. Risant. Risotto. I don't <laughs> know. And I, I and it's a little unclear what they're what that is uh, because apparently everyone's keeping their name. So Kaiser Permanente is still going to be Kaiser Permanente, and Geisinger is still going to be Geisinger. But there's a uh, some kind of something something this Risent or Risant company. Oh, this, that, won't, this won't be confusing at all. No, no, <laughs> this is going to be very clear once it's explained to us. But it is, you know, these are very big players. Kaiser right. Permanente is in a number, what, about a dozen or maybe more states across the country from the East Coast to the West Coast. And and uh, Geisinger is a very well-known, at least in the healthcare community, very well-known health system. If small and and um, and uh, kind of out of the way, but uh, still a well-regarded system from quality perspective. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what they're what they're going to do with this. Yeah, so I, I, I mean, I, I, I saw the news as you, as did you. I, I think I had a, a number of initial thoughts. I mean, the first one, and and for anybody that has ever been to Geisinger, not as a patient, so that's people that don't live in the area. It is pretty isolated. It's not easy. I mean, there is no airport that I know of that's near to this organization because it's sort of in the hills uh, is my best sort of analogy, which gives me pause in all of this. Why Geisinger? And, you know, to be clear, I think they have a fantastic reputation from a quality standpoint. They put out some amazing um, research. They've done, you know, really impressive things. But if you were going to expand why this isolated facility, do you think? Well, uh, you know, there was a hint that um, uh, this company, again, I'm going to call it Rysant. Um, not sure that's exactly how it should be calling it, but I'm going to choose to call it that until I'm told otherwise. You know, they're going to con concentrate in value-based care. And just so that we're all on the same page, um, Traditionally and and often uh, in the United States today, uh, physicians and hospitals are are paid on a fee for service basis. Meaning, you, if someone's sick and they come to the office, you get paid. And if someone is sick and needs to go into the hospital, the hospital gets paid. And um, another way of paying for healthcare services is from uh, from the perspective of value. Uh, meaning, hey, if you practice high quality care however you define that, then you get paid uh, either more or you get paid at all. 
And to do that, to to get paid, to get reimbursed based on value that you offer to either the insurance company or to the, the patient or to both, you have to be really good at what you do. And you have to make sure that your doctors and nurses and um, operations folks are really at the top of their game. And we certainly know that uh, Kaiser is, is good at that. Uh, that's how they operate for the vast majority of their of their members or patients. And I think that uh, certainly other organizations like Geisinger are also good at that. There's not a lot. Right. So there's not there's not dozens and dozens of healthcare systems that you would say, yeah, they're nationally known for for uh, providing value and putting their money uh, where their mouth is and, and taking financial risk to say that, hey, we know that we do a better job at this type of care for this operation than some of our competitors do. And and if we don't perform and the outcomes aren't there, then we're willing to take a hit from the money. And so maybe that's why. This is this makes sense. So to this them? is a like with like merger. I think you you were certainly one of the early commenters that said, "Well, okay, that's great. You guys are both doing the same thing, but all we've done is consolidated, and we've lost. I, I'm going to call it competition, albeit they're on different coasts and and whatever. And wouldn't it be better to sort of spread some of the the good capabilities that you see? I, I mean, my my sort of I, I don't know I'm I'm a little bit mixed on this um, consolidation. Is it really good for patients when you lose another competitor in the marketplace? I'm not so sure. I, I we we've seen lots of loss of competitors. I think um, no no more buying of um, uh, bed linen anymore. Bed Bath and Beyond is gone. So. Uh, um, that competition, and you know, that's a, a whole history in its own making. But is, is this a good thing? I, I'm not so sure. Or at least I, I don't know that I feel it as a good thing, even if it's the combination of two really good systems. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, welcome to the club of not knowing the future. Um, certainly. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, certainly. I, I mean, I know that you have high expectations for my future uh, telling and and yes. I appreciate that. And and also, I've never been wrong in making predictions. Um, so I appreciate you you noting that as well. Oh, wait, I just noted it. Well, someone noted. I heard someone say that I'm never wrong. That's what I'm going to go with. Uh, however, I, you know, I don't know. I think you, what your your the worry is very real, and I think that's um, in all aspects, healthcare or not, uh, is is more competition better, or or can you now when you start to get some scale, can you actually uh, you know make a, a bigger dent? And and uh, as we said, both of these are are excellent organizations with reputations for very high quality. And so um, is there something that they can do together under one roof that they couldn't do apart? Uh, but the, of course, the risk is, especially if the answer is yes, they can, that then ultimately, can they charge more for that? Or will they uh, start to decrease the amount of money that they're they're putting into some of the quality endeavors uh, because they don't need to? And it becomes, um, you know, it becomes, uh, there's less competition. So hence, everyone can kind of let their their guard down. So it, it remains to be seen. Of course, this has to be approved by the federal authorities. This would be a big this will be a big consolidation. And I think they're going to certainly ask the question that you just asked as well. 
I'm not sure what their answer is going to be, though. Well, let, let's be clear. In terms of your answers and your predictions, um, you know, we capture all of those and send them to Future Me. If you're not familiar with that website, you should use it all the time because uh, it's it's very helpful to uh, keep track of these predictions that you make. And you can set a timeline for when you get an email back saying, well, Craig said this was going to happen by this day. And you realize, of course, he was wrong as usual. But I, but I, I would just recommend you incorporate that into your sort of general workflow. When it comes to Geisinger and, and Rizant, I'm, I'm sorry, I just, I, I don't know why, I just, that's the way I want to pronounce it. Um, I'm thinking they'll consolidate so they create more and, you know, potentially could do it at lower cost. We've seen people sent to other countries from this country for care, for drugs even, Perhaps this is a domestic version of this. And, you know, we see it, I guess, in other places, in other systems that have, you know, a reputation for high quality. Is there some scope that this would, I, I, you know, consolidation down to a single system that's just doing brilliantly might be also a, a end trajectory. But nobody likes that idea in this country, I don't think. I, well, I think you're right. Um, you know, oh, there. Right, yes. Oh, did I say that out loud? Yes, I'm you sorry. did. It's recorded. It's there for posterity. I'm sorry. I it to future me. I thought I was I was talking. Uh, I thought that was an internal conversation. I get those confused sometimes. Sorry about that, Doctor Nick. You know, you kind of think about it as medical tourism, but there are certainly um, big companies. I'm thinking Walmart as one of them that um, has looked into the quality and the financial savings potentially associated with sending their employees or their their covered you know their covered folks with the insurance sending them across the country for specific kinds of treatments or operations so imagine open heart surgery uh, um, walmart has decided and i think geisinger might be one of the hospitals or or mm -hmm. the hospital um walmart has decided that hey if you need this kind of an operation we are going to put you on a plane we're going to take a significant other and put them on a plane as well and we're going to have you treated there because their outcomes are superior to the one that's maybe just down the road from you. Um, and ultimately, uh, we're going to pay, we being Walmart, the company, it's going to cost us less money, even with all those added expenses like a hotel and other things, because you're going to get out of the hospital faster. Your risk of getting complications uh, long term are, are, are lower. And um, from that standpoint, you know, Geisinger, think of a Mayo Clinic in, in Rochester, Minnesota not really the center of anything um, yet really super high quality, really innovative, really kind of put your money where your mouth is organizations. And so from that perspective, yeah, we're, it, it's kind of internal tourism. Um, but instead of you kind of deciding that you want to go to this place because they do it um, better than everyone else, whatever it is, the, uh, your, the, your employer or whoever you get your insurance from is making that decision. So yeah, I, I mean, it, it It makes sense on multiple levels. Um, will it work? Who knows? Well, um, before we close out on uh, that topic, um, I, I, you know, what does ChatGPT have to say about it? Well, it's hedging its bets like you and I both did and said it could be good because it's 
you know, synergies and efficiencies, but, you know, there are challenges in particular, different populations, cultures, and indeed, you know, the uh, antitrust uh, scrutinization that would come. Um, it will boil down to execution, as it does with many things. But uh, once again, ChatGPT comes out, uh, probably summarized it better than you and I did this time. For those of you just listening, I'm Dr. Nick, the incrementalist. Today, I'm talking to Dr. Craig Joseph. He is the uh, Chief Medical Officer at Nordic Consulting Partners. We're on our News You Can Use for April this year. Uh, we were just talking about the Geisinger-Kaiser uh, merger that was announced recently and the uh, new organization that sort of sits above it, Ryzent. Um, let's move on. Uh, you and I both went to uh, different conferences, uh, but they were both healthcare, healthcare technology. I went to Vive. Ordinarily, I would be at Hims, but uh, this year I was unable to go for a variety of reasons, and you went to Hims. For the benefit of the listeners, um, you know, maybe I can give a, a, a quick summary of what I thought of the Vive experience. Um, I think, once again, they did a really good job of blending uh, the uh, commercial aspects of a conference and the educational experiences. They had some great people on stage. They certainly do a fantastic production. There's no question the sort of experience, uh, the way it was all held. And I have to say, it was nice to be in Nashville in this case. That was where we were. Um, that was very convenient. I was able, in fact, I rode my first scooter and didn't uh, manage to uh, have any accidents and end up in uh, as a billing code somewhere for something. Although I hear that's uh, certainly a frequent uh, or an increasingly frequent problem. But it was very convenient. And I thought there was some great content uh, really enjoyed some of the networking opportunities, and it was all in one floor. The one thing that really surprised me, and you know, we were knee deep into the whole chat GPT, was I don't think I saw a single mention of it anywhere in the floor. There was certainly AI. There was at least one track, and you know, some people, but no real mention of chat GPT. Um, overall, I thought great conference. Certainly seemed for me value of time. Um, I think different costs between the two conferences, but um, can I say it was an ROI? That's harder to say. I was fortunate to have a an opportunity to attend, but I, I felt it was well worth certainly time and resource for me um, and a good location. What about you? Well, Hims was in Chicago uh, this year, and I think it's a it's a bigger conference. I think there were something like forty or fifty thousand people, and this is a, a, a healthcare IT conference. And so, uh, I think the the main reason that people go to Hims is that all of your vendors are there. So, if you're a big hospital system or or healthcare system, uh, everyone that provides your technology and even things that aren't directly related to technology, like uh, stands for your computers, you know, so it's not just software. They're all there and it's easy to talk to and it's easy to talk with everyone. And, and there are educational uh, sessions. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good this year, actually. There were, there were, it seemed busier. People were more uh, focused on, you know, really kind of asking solid questions and trying to, they came with an agenda, I guess is what I'm trying to say. You know, I, I represented the, the, 
with my employer. So I was, I was in the booth from time to time. And I was also walking around from time to time. And so kind of saw both sides and, you know, I thought it was good. I I think there was a lot of uh, positivity. I did not ride a scooter and I will continue to not ride a scooter because the chances of me becoming a billing code uh, are exceedingly high. And there's actually codes not only for billing, uh, but for accidents. There's a whole, as you may know, a whole list of ICD-10 codes for for accidents. And I would probably uh, be described by three or four of those if I were to go on that. So I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, no, um, with respect to chat GPT, it was everywhere. It was everywhere at hymns. So it, 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 there were formal announcements of, of the open AI technology being incorporated into electronic health records by, by one of the biggest vendors out there. Um, and so this concept of, uh, of generative AI was really, uh, um, really a big deal uh, last week at, or a few weeks ago at Hims. Yeah, I, I, to be clear, one of the reasons that the um, scooters were a thing for me was it was actually pretty safe. There was, um, they were, I, I think they were bike lanes, although I didn't see any bicycles. What I saw was lots of people with scooters. And I, I've been to Chicago. I used to go every year to RSNA and Boy, I would not want to. Oh, and by the way, you had snow, didn't you, in um, in Chicago for yours? We didn't. We had really nice weather. <laughs> oh, we actually missed. I think I missed the snow by one day. So I think the conference started Monday, and it was like Sunday night, Monday morning, maybe where there was some there was some snow. Uh, so I I think I got a little bit lucky, but yeah, it was eighty degrees. Uh, uh, two days prior, and then it kind of dropped to 30. So that was fun. <laughs> wow. Exciting. So front and center, chat GPT is delivering all this value proposition. And I, I got to say, I mean, you and I are both, I think, fans of uh, the potential in this space. I don't think we uh, disagree much on uh, the potential. And in fact, you have seen I, I, I'm going to say you've learned something from ChatGPT in terms of what it can bring to the patient experience, right? Yeah, you know, one of the uh, certainly we all I think by now know that this uh, this stuff this technology is good at uh, summarizing for for humans. So kind of taking a, a large amount of data and, and um, or a large number of words and and making it make sense. Uh, an aspect that I was just fascinated with, uh, I read a um, an article where someone fed some uh, some patient information uh, into uh, something similar to. Chat GPT, or you know, essentially a private version, because you certainly don't want to upload personal health information uh, into uh, Chat GPT, because um, the way it's set up for the public is that's going to be for everyone to see. Uh, however, they did this for uh, an imaginary uh, 10 year old who uh, newly diagnosed with diabetes mellitus, and and one of the asks of the of the AI was to uh, write a summary of of what happened, how the how the patient got to where uh, they they were, um, and make it uh, age appropriate. And again, this is a this is a ten year old. So hey, write a write a few paragraphs to tell the ten year old what happened and why it happened, and and summarize what's going to happen in the future. And one of the first sentences that this AI wrote was, uh, "You should know, Johnny, uh, that this is not your fault." 
that you didn't do anything to make this diabetes happen. Uh, it's not because you were being bad or you were eating uh, sugar. Those are not reasons that you got diabetes. It just happens to some people. And, and that's true. And um, so so good on on uh, on OpenAI for for making functionality like that, but that is not something that I would have thought of to when I if you would have given me that assignment as a physician, I would not have said that. I would not have put that in there because I would not have thought that a, a ten year old could reasonably think that um, they were responsible for the for getting diabetes. Why? Because I wasn't thinking. Because of course they're going to think that they did something wrong. I mean, that makes complete sense to me from from a ten year old's head. And I, I as even as a pediatrician, I wasn't in that ten year old's head as well as I should have been. So just that kind of an aspect, that that empathy that um, that the AI somehow has, is was just amazing to me. And and um, you know, I think there's a lot that humans can learn from from a, an AI uh, like this and can add and. And make sure that we're always kind of, hey, did you think about this? Um, when many, when often we're, we haven't. Yeah, I, I, I've got to say, it, it sort of re-emphasizes for me the point that I've been trying to make. I mean, we've seen this sort of um, the the letter that's been circulated. A bunch of people have signed, you know, halt all pro, uh, progress and so forth. And you know, I I, I just I, I think that's entirely wrong. And for me, you have captured the essence of one of the great opportunities here. Now, should you take your exact note and your clinical information, as you rightly point out? No, don't do that. Don't dump real clinical information and um, PHI into this public uh, system. Now, you can do it in a private system, appropriately protected and so forth. But the important thing is, is testing this out with an open mind. And as you rightly highlighted here, it came back with something that I think will, you know, would change your clinical behavior in the way that you interact with patients. And not just for that 10-year-old, but, you know, that would be across potentially a, a, a larger and it, the, the the contribution to me is this ongoing learning, which we all have. I mean, at least I do. I'm always learning each and every day. And I, I use it as this sort of bounce off. It gives me thoughts and ideas that I might not necessarily have had. I just, you know, wouldn't phrase things necessarily. It, it just brings this tremendous amount of value. And I think the key thing is the reason or, or one of the reasons I, I, I'm oversimplifying this is it comes to that realization because somewhere in the corpus of knowledge that it's absorbed has been commentary from 10-year-olds saying, I don't understand what I did to get diabetes. So, you know, it, it just it's far better read than you and I and others are. Um, but it still gets things wrong and has all of the challenges, but it, it brings this enormous value. So I, I'm just, I'm continue to be excited about this and, you know, looking forward to where all of this is going. I think we're going to see more of it. I, uh, my question is, you know, what do you think you'll see in the, the balance of, 
um, you know, the conferences upcoming. Are we going to see more and more of this or is it just going to peter out like a lot of these? Hype? Is it at the top of the hype cycle or is it perhaps in, you know, or, or maybe it is at the top, but it's going to progress through that whole trough and disappear, uh, 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 not disappear, but continue into the future. Here's here's you're going to hear it. Uh, you heard it here first. I don't think this thing is on the hype. Um on the hype curve it's not hype it's real mm. and it's here and it's working and that was the big announcement at hims that one of the biggest electronic health record vendors in the in the country the world um has already incorporated it into in an experimental way with three of their customers incorporated into uh, physician workflow to say, hey, physician, you have to send a message back to a patient who asked about results, who asked about certain symptoms, um, and they've got the protections in so that the uh, the the AI can, I think, have access to some of those, uh, some of that information in, in a safe and, and kind of walled way. That is happening today with three big clients in the U.S. So I don't think this is hype, I have to say. And so hence, I don't think it belongs on the on the hype uh, uh, um, scale or uh uh, you know, I don't think it's going to go up. I don't think it's going to go down. I think it's just, wow, this stuff works now. And we haven't even really started to finagle with it. So, yeah, I think it's it's going to be um, it's it's going to be with us for a long, long time. Chat GPT is here, folks. Unfortunately, as we do each and every week, we've run out of time. Thanks again, as always, Craig, for joining me on the show. Always a pleasure. Thanks for joining me today. Do you have any better ideas or have you found a small incremental change that's brought about a big improvement in your world? Let's continue the conversation on our hashtag, The Incrementalist, or share with me at DrNick1 on Twitter. You can find more information about the show on our program page at healthcarenowradio.com. And tune in next time to hear my discussions with leaders and innovators from around the globe who've revolutionized their space by using small incremental improvements to achieve their moonshot. I'm Dr. Nick, the incrementalist, and I'm starting a revolution through evolution. 